This episode is sponsored by Svonlund Design. When you want custom-made, high-end, rock-style clothing and unique jewelry, go to svonlund.com for more information on how you can order today. And don't be a wuss. Do it right now. Boozehound Entertainment presents Sounds on Vinyl, the show that celebrates collecting and listening to vinyl. And now, from the Grand Anarchy Studio in Sweden and the Speakeasy Studio in the United States, here are your hosts, Mike and Phil. Hey, hey, welcome to the Sounds on Vinyl show where we talk about vinyl. That's what we do here. And today, today we have a very very special guest mike why don't you introduce our awesome guest yeah today we have the honor of introducing a guitar legend his name is johnny huafo uh, he played the guitar with abba and has worked with the likes of bob marley and the members of toto to name a few and he's also a very very successful solo artist welcome to the show yana thank you very much thank you very much how are you I'm fine. Yeah. In these strange times, I'm. Yeah. <laughs> I feel very well. Yeah. I'm. I'm in per- perfect shape still, and yeah. I practice every day. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. I do. Yes. You need to keep nice. yourself going. Yeah, doing some uh, recordings actually, so uh, I have to keep my fingers in in, uh, in shape. Yeah. So to speak. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Mm. Cool. All right, we're going to dig into this. We're going to talk to you about uh, the way you started and vinyl records and your career and so forth. So my first question to you, how old were you when you first discovered music and bought your first record? Uh, my first record, I was grown up in, with two parents who were um, playing classical music. My mother was a piano teacher. My father played the violin and I listened to classical music or Brahms, Beethoven, such things. I didn't understand very much, but I thought, think it was 1956, I heard uh, Heartbreak Hotel with Elvis, and that was the first really uh, thing I, I really noticed. So, and I thought, oh, can music sound like this? This is fantastic. My parents didn't like that very much, because they were not into that kind of music at all. <laughs> and then I actually, I think I, my first, I, I'm not sure, either it was Little Richard, uh, Lucille, or it was Johnny and the Hurricanes. Uh, I, I don't remember the title of it, but that was uh, with the saxophone and guitar guitar player. Yeah. Was that your, your first record that you bought when you were on money? Yeah, yeah, that, that it was. Yeah, no, I remember Red River Rock with Johnny and the Hurricanes. Oh, cool! Yeah. And, and mom and dad didn't like that either. No, every time I had a brother at that time, and every time we played the, uh, the records, they went out and closed the door <laughs> carefully. <laughs> <laughs> I went in listening to classical music, yes. Oh. Did did you buy a lot of records when you were growing up? Was that a thing? Yeah, I always 
but always nowadays I don't buy that much record because but uh, at that time in the in the 60s I bought a lot of records and the 70s and as long as the vinyl was and I have a really many records I still uh, collect them I actually so I have yeah. I have them yeah cool All I right. listened I started listening to Radio Luxembourg and and uh, that music, that kind of music, you couldn't get in Sweden at that time. So, I, so as quickly as I heard a new uh, band coming out, I, I remember I bought, uh, I heard uh, Cliff Rickard and the Shadows. I bought their albums, especially the Shadows with Hank B. Marvin. And, and I also bought... Uh, Beatles' first album, I thought that was fantastic. And I also bought five live Yardbirds live at the Marquee with oh, Clapton. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah. I, I, I Going going um, to that the Radio Luxembourg thing, because I've heard so many stories about it. Was mm. that something like when you were growing up, like... like um, Pirate radio or something like that 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 you were not supposed to to get a hold of. Everybody that I knew uh, listened to Radio Luxembourg because yeah. in the Swedish radio there was one hour a week you could listen to pop music. The rest of uh, the music was Mantovani's choir and <laughs> Ray Conniff's choir and I mean and. Uh, a lot of other things, but I want I wanted to listen more to pop music, and I was really good DAs at that time. Tony Blackburn, I remember, he was fantastic, and he played the latest. and And the Beatles played live. I I know they recorded sessions in London, and they sent it from Radio Luxembourg. Oh man! Oh, that's cool. Mm. Right. So, um, listening to all that music, do you remember uh, where the break point were for you when you started to, to wanted to play music yourself? Yes, I remember. At, uh, I started in a strange way because uh, I didn't know if I could buy an electric guitar or something like that. But I was in the Black Bass Lärverk and. Uh, I started to building a acoustic guitar, a real acoustic guitar, 1957. Oh, uh, the same year as uh, Polanka did uh, Diana. Yeah. And Elvis made uh, Jailhouse Rock. <laughs> That's the same year. I, yeah. And I built my uh, own guitar, an acoustic one, oh, who I could play, which I could play on, actually. Oh, right. Wow. Mm. So you, so you built your own guitar. That's like the first thing you did with your, your experience to playing yourself. Yeah, oh, I did. Oh. So uh, and uh, I formed a group. We would two acoustic guitars and one mandolin, and we played little Kingston Trio and such things. And and after a while, I I would like to have uh, hear myself a little more. So I changed to. Um, to electric guitar yeah. and uh, started to play, and then I found this. The uh, this is the guitar I want. Would like to go on playing on, and the, yeah. that's electric guitar. Yes. All right. So, so you chose the electric guitar because I, I, 
um, I read somewhere that that uh, your mother was a piano teacher. Is that right? Yeah, she was a piano yeah. teacher. Yes. Did did you choose the guitar to to go like the opposite of your parents? No, it was a coincidence. I think it's. Yeah. I didn't. Uh, it, it was nothing planned. No. Or, but my parents were, uh, they thought, oh, Gianni has a hobby or something, but <laughs> it was no hobby, it was a passion. Yeah. So, uh, and uh, they didn't like very much when I went out because I, I left home and, and uh, playing almost every night <laughs> in a couple of weeks, and I think three, four nights a week, and a small. Uh, Places in Stockholm, yeah, mostly. Right. Mm. Did, did was that with uh, uh, your own band that you, you formed? Yeah, I formed a band uh, together with a couple of friends, and uh, and we uh, 1961, 62. I was we did the, the first tour around in Sweden, the Swedish okay. folk parks actually. Yeah. Uh, 62, I recorded the first album. Uh, we made an EP with four songs. Okay. Well, we had Was that your first band you recorded with? Uh yeah, there uh, it, it was we were we had a very strange name. We called ourselves Ted and the Caracas. And Caracas <laughs> was um Ted was the the lead singer of uh, for, in our group and his name is Ted Ostrom and we uh, we came along we our Roads were cross. We crossed roads later on, many yeah. times actually. So, um, and we made it an EP, and we were allowed to have one song of our own. And then, two two producers was Jutta uh, Willemson and Peter Hemstan. They wrote three songs for us, and uh, uh, one song was three guitars and drums. It's okay. <laughs> And then Peter Himmelstan wanted to have something that was very popular in the, by youngsters at that time. And uh, he, at that time, he said, everybody must play something with twist. Because ah. Shabby Shekhar had made, let's twist the game. Yeah. And that was you. So everybody played twist. Yeah. <laughs> twist around the clock and twist um, meant to men at everything. Yeah. And then he uh, he was thinking, because the, the EP was going to be released in the autumn and it was coming, Christmas was coming close. And who wrote a piece called Twistmas Eve. Oh. <laughs> it's a terrible, it's a terrible song. And uh, it's, and it's, uh, you know, Twist was a rather up-tempos, which you could dance to. Twist was a sort of dance. And, but that's, it, that's a ballad. Impossible to, to <laughs> dance like Twist to. And, um, and then they change our names and they say you can't you can't have the name Ted and the Caracas. Why? Uh, Caracas is uh, the main city in Venezuela. You should you, we changed the name to Ted and the Top Teens. And uh, <laughs> and when the 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 EP came was released, uh, we got a review who said 
we can't see any reason why this record uh, ever had been made. <laughs> it was totally. <laughs> it, would, oh, it was. We, they said this was. This was so rubbish. But I didn't care so much because my name wasn't in in the back. It was you said on guitar, Janne Schasser. <laughs> so that's what that was the start of my career actually cool interesting yeah so are there any guitar players that have inspired you through the years or to get started in those early days when you were learning guitar yeah i mean uh the first one was hank b marvin from the shadows and then uh after a while i I listened to Yardbirds, mm -hmm. and that was Eric Clapton. Mm -hmm. And I follow his career, and um, when he played with uh, John Mayle and the Blues Breakers. Uh, and I, I think that was 1966. Uh, I was playing in Sun Beacon's Focus Park, and we were a supporting group to a group called Dave D. Doocy Beacon, Mick and Titch. And uh, the guitar player was Teach, and I asked the uh, Teach, uh, what kind of guitar is Eric Clapton playing on? And he said, it's a Gibson Les Paul. Okay. And then I went around, and uh, I had a friend called Janne Halkan Halkvist, and I asked him, I would like to, can you get hold of a Gibson Les Paul? I would like to buy one. And then uh, we found one which I still have in my possession. Oh, oh, nice. And uh, I bought it 1966 for 1,200 crowns. Oh, wow. But uh, that you, you can put an zero in the end because it, yeah. it was what is another wa value of money at that time. Yeah. yeah. And then now, you know. Yeah. Oh, wow. But then, then you you quickly became a very popular uh, session guitar player, and you that that was later. That was later on. Okay. Uh, yeah, that was '66. I I I I graduated as a student, and I um, and I then I studied four years at the university. I studied economics, statistics, and a lot of things. Yeah, and it's strange when I studied economics, I. I saw in 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 another um, room that was teaching he, that was uh, Bjorn Ulvius was next in the room next to mine. Oh my god! But we didn't know each other at that time. But we got to know each other a little later. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, but I started. Uh, you can say I have two careers. Uh, one is like a soloist, instrumentalist, and and the song and the songwriter. And uh, the other one is like a ses session musician. And uh, I, st I started session 1970, 51 years ago. Oh, okay. wow. Mm. So, so when was that in 1970 that you knew that this is something I could make a living out of? Yeah, you know, uh, it started like uh, there's this famous singer in Sweden called Björn Schiffs, and I had been playing with him, and he asked me if I could play on his first solo album. That was uh, uh, it was called Both Sides Now, and uh, it's a song. And um, I did that, and I sat in one week and I was uh, playing with Sven Olof Ballov's choir and orchestra. And after that, people realized that oh, there's a young cat who can 
follow in, in reading music and also can be in inventive in doing small licks and solos and so on. So I went to Lasse Samus on another orchestra. Uh, he is conducting Swedish music and he, he called me up and I was playing in another session and then Michael Sösterdahl called me up and then Mats Olsson called me up and then Svenolof Wallof and then it started. And I, I had to leave uh, the university, actually. <laughs> so, uh, and then after that, I realized I can, I can have this as an, I can work and uh, make a living out of my music. It was fantastic. But you, you know, it, it, it was, uh, I hadn't, um, it wasn't planned. It just came around. It, it was a coincidence as well. Yeah. So, so you never even gave a thought to having a regular nine to five job. No, uh, I had since I studied uh, four years. I, I, I played the whole sixties. I played the pop groups. I mean, and we did we made a little money, but not very much. And uh, but then I studied four years, and I, I worked in the summertime. I worked in. Uh, some places, small places, but uh, so, since 1970, I really started and I could make a living on it, actually. Cool. Nice. So you, your your whole career has been filled with music, both from albums that you have recorded yourself, and but also you have recorded with artists like ABBA. Uh, yeah. How did you come in contact with the band uh, as their session guitar player? Uh, with ABBA. With ABBA, yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, it was 1971. I had, I was already in rather well known as a, as a session player, and then I I already had recorded with uh, Johnny Nash, because uh, he was written, uh, he wrote film score for a Swedish movie, "Want So Much to Believe," uh, where um, he played with uh, uh, Christina Skolin, and at that time. He uh, he noticed that we were there was me and a drummer called Ola Brunket who uh, then played also with Abba. But uh, he said, "Oh, these are very good session musicians. Let's do some demos for my new album." And then he brought to Stockholm a songwriter who teaches us new music, and the new music at that time that was reggae. And the guy who taught me to play reggae, that was Bob Marley, actually. Oh. So he was here for nine months and oh. we were recording with Johnny Nash, reggae music. And uh, we recorded Stir It Up, actually. Oh. And uh, But but with Johnny Nash, not with uh, Bob Marley. But okay. we were sitting in the studio and he teach me, yeah, take it, relax. Lay back, yeah, and don't push it. You know, take it easy. <laughs> it was fantastic. But was that then, before Bob Marley's uh, albums? That in he was living in uh, Nokkeby in Stockholm. Yeah, in a cellar, uh, and um, in that cellar he wrote the music for his um, the Catch a Fire, which he recorded in London, 1972. But he had written all the songs down in Nokkeby in Stockholm. Oh, wow. 
story top, oh, for cool. instance. That was that is so. I I have a demo where he plays it on acoustic guitar. Oh, and wow! So oh, then is oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh man! But then uh, in 1971, uh, I was called by Bjorn and Benny, and because uh, uh, they were hired from Stikan Andersson, who had started the Swedish record company Polar. And uh, they were supposed to find young, talented uh, artists. And they had find, found one. And um, they called me up and said, could you come to the office, Janne? We want to hear what your opinion about this young singer. And I was, went there and uh, was a young guy. He was 15 years old. And he was fantastic. There was a guy called Ted Järnestad. And he was singing one song after another, and his brother who wrote the lyrics, he's standing next to him, and his name was Kenneth. And uh, when Bjorn Bene asked me, what do you think? And I said, this is fantastic music. Okay, then you can record with it. Yeah, okay, of course. <laughs> that was my music. I mean, I had played with so-called uh, Swedish top, Östenvarne, bring Lillian, Fors, Lilbabs, very good artists, but this was, the Teddy Adelstad's music was more into my, my music, so to speak. Yeah. And um, so they uh, booked a studio called uh, Metronome, and there was Michael B. Treto, he was working there, and they asked me, do you know a good drummer? Yeah, Ola Brunkett. And a bass player, yeah, Mike Watson. And then we started recording Teddy Adderstall's first album. And when they he had made his vocals, they said, we, we need a choir, let's call the girls up. And that was Agneta Felskog and Annefried Lyngstad. So you, you could say that it was the embryo to, uh, to what later became ABBA that oh. played on Teddy Adderstad's first album. Oh, wow. And it, it was released 1972 and was a huge hit. He was yeah. a young guy. He was very good looking and he became a teen idol. Yeah. But he was very much into music and we became really close friends, actually. But before his first album came out, was released, uh, they um, call us, Ola, Mike and me, Michael B. Treto, uh, they said, we have, a, we have a song of our own. People need love. Do you want to play on it? Yeah, of course. Yeah. And then we recorded People Need Love, which is, for me, it's the real, it wasn't the first song they recorded together, but this was the first song that, you, so to speak, is an ABBA song. It's, yeah. a, it's a more characteristic. Okay, but so they were not, they, they didn't call themselves ABBA at that time. They were called Agneta Annefried Björn and Benny at that time. All right. Oh. Okay. Mm. So, so, so was it, uh, did they just shortening it down and, and with their initials? Yeah, they did. And uh, it's what I've heard it, uh, the idea of making, doing that was Stikan Andersson. Yeah. Because it was too much to, to name Annefried, Agneta Annefried, Björn and Benny. It was, you know, after a while they said, oh, let's shorten it down. <laughs> and then it became ABBA. ABBA. But there's a, a company in Sweden making fish 
also yeah. named Abba. So they have yeah. to call them. I said, can we use the same name? But we're not fishing. Oh. <laughs> we make music. <laughs> oh, that's too so, funny. so you were there from the beginning when, when they actually came up with the name and, and, and started to record. Oh, man. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And uh, uh, there's, I mean, at that time, I was recording all the time. I, I still have some books where I, I made some notes where when where and when I played on records. And um, uh, but I I didn't, you know, when we made a, a tune with Abba and also with Teddy Aristotle, but they had no titles. They <coughs> they were just uh, making some nonsense lyrics. Yeah. And then after a while, uh, they, Ulvius, Bjorn Ulvius wrote the lyrics for, for the song. So I didn't know it, which song I play on, actually, from the very beginning. <laughs> But there's a guy called Carl Magnus Palm, and he's professor in ABBA. He knows everything. He has yeah. written a book about it as well. And I asked Carl uh, Magnus, how many tunes do I play on with ABBA? And then he said, I counted it, Jana, and Abba has uh, up to this day recording 98 songs, but now they're recording some new songs, but I'm not playing on those, and they, they are not released yet. That's the other guitar player, Lasse Villander, is playing on those. But uh, 98, of 98 songs, I play on 50. So it's rather many one. Wow. It became, yeah. So I ended, the last two songs I recorded with Abba was... Uh, Under Attack or, and Cassandra. They recorded that 1981, I think, in the Polar Studio. So from so since you're there from the beginning, did did you think ABBA was going to be as successful as they became? No. no. <laughs> I don't think anyone I don't <laughs> think anyone knew that because uh, it's uh, it was very good music. We had a very good time. It was very good feeling in the studio and they were very we, everybody we were very much into music uh, and I I like that time Pepper music when you create the music in the studio nothing is written down we have to write the, down the the chords and and uh, then we figure out some uh, some uh, some licks here and there and, and some Small figure, bass figure, guitar figures, and so on. <laughs> so everything was made out uh, out of overhead when we recorded it. Actually, wow. So, uh, but I, I had, I also, like I said, uh, I, I uh, recorded uh, with uh, arrangers who had written music as well. So I could read that as well. But I thought this was more fun. Yeah. <laughs> then you. And we we played and played and played. It was a little bit like the Wrecking Crew, if you know, in, in Hollywood. We yeah. were the same musicians all the time. Yeah. They called us around and, are you free on Wednesday, Anna? Uh, yeah, no. On Thursday, yes. Okay, we called Ola and we have to get the group together. We were, we were uh, so to speak, a, a session group, actually. Yeah. And we played on... Same musicians played on almost yeah. all the tracks. What, was that the way that uh, the Bjorn and Benny created the music always together with you and Ola? 
Yeah, in the beginning, uh, and Mike. Uh, but yeah, Mike. after a while, uh, there came a new bass player, Rutger Gunnarsson, which has been here. Uh, Björn Lerbius have been playing with the uh, Hutnani Singers, yeah. it's a vocal group, and uh, he played on their records. And uh, so they wanted him involved, and he was a fantastic bass player. And I asked him, where do you come from? Because I hadn't seen him before. Uh, he said, oh, I've studied classical music, classical guitar in the, in the musical high school, but you can't get any jobs on uh, classical guitar, so I changed to bass. Oh, okay. okay. So uh, that was fantastic. And... Um, uh, 1973. I was. They released Ring Ring. Yeah. And uh, I was in the in the orchestra when the Swedish uh, Eurovision Song Contest. I was playing with them, and yeah. they came number three in the Swedish Song con, uh, in the contest, and yeah. uh, they were very disappointed. But 1973, I recorded my own first album. Yeah. And uh, I. I topped the charts six weeks with my first soul album. And ABBA made an album of Ring Ring and then they came to number two. <laughs> so I was so I sold more uh, just a couple of months. I sold more than ABBA. It was fantastic. But that was the only time in the history I've done that. But, uh, but that... But I told them I want to go on recording because I, th I thought I found my, I found the, I was enjoyed very much doing sessions and I still do. I still do sessions actually. Yeah. I'm still working at the same. Yeah. Today, young guys and, and, uh, and girls call me up and ask me, could you play on Little Om? I have written a tune. Could you come and play a little bit, a solo or something like that? And I do that still. Oh, cool. So, uh, but, uh, at that time, I told them, because then they asked me, and I was in the uh, uh, song contest um, orchestra 1974 when they won with Waterloo as well. Yeah. And um, and then they asked me if I, then I went on tour in, uh, in the States with Sean Phillips okay. for uh, two months. And my son was just one year old. And when I came back, Abba asked me if I could do uh, uh, a tour, <laughs> a couple of weeks with them in the States. But then I said, you have to take another one because I can't leave my home. And I, I mean, I, then I realized I could live on my own music, actually. So I, yeah. I, I said, I can play on your records, but if you're going to have a guitar player playing or going on tour, uh, call Lasse, Lasse Velander. He's an excellent guitar player. So, yeah. so uh, and that what's so uh, I um, I went on going doing my own uh, started. I formed a group with Björn Isolin called Hörselmat. Yeah, and we he was fantastic musician, and yeah. uh, we played around in in uh, both in Sweden and in Europe. And uh, I went on recording with the. Uh, about as well actually. yeah yeah but going back to 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 your own music you released your first solo album in 1973 and then your uh second one in 1974 called the second lp and then yeah. catharsis in 1976 yes. 
And then in 1977, for the fourth solo album, Airmail, something special yeah. happened. You got invited to America to record this album with a famous yeah. producer and some well-known musicians. Could yeah. Tell I us did. about that. Yeah, it's a long story, actually. Yeah. They made a, they, they made a Norwegian documentary about it because Catharsis mm. was released in the States and got very well reviewed in Rolling Stone. Yeah. And uh, so uh, the two, two of them, two managers from CBS came to Stockholm and wanted to listen to hear me playing live. Yeah. And they did, and they said, this is fantastic. Janne, do you want to record in Hollywood? Yeah, of course. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, how, how do you want to do it? And I said, uh, I want to have Dionis Olena uh, playing along, because we had we had met and we want to be played better. We like to play with each other. Yeah. And I had a, a friend, English piano player, Peter Robinson. He lived in Hollywood, so I said, Peter Robinson as well. Um, And then I said, I don't know the ba bass and the drums and so on. Oh. And they said, you can listen to your records you have at home and if you find something. And I, I had a record with a guitar player called Les Dudek. He played with the Allman Brothers because I liked Allman Brothers very much. And Duane Allman is a fantastic guitar player as well. But that play, drummer, and I, I told them, I, this, this drummer is fantastic. Okay, and they asked me, well, what's his name? And then I looked at it and I said, his name is, it says, uh, Jeff Porcaro. Oh, then you have good taste because we just uh, signed them and they, they formed a group. Okay, so, and then I came over and uh, had Bjorni Solin with me as well. And uh, we asked Jeff Porcaro, do, do you, we have, We want to, a bass player. Oh, we can have, we can take my brother, Mike. Okay, that's nice. Yeah. And percussion player, take our father, Joe. Okay. <laughs> And then I recorded also one tune with the brother, Steve. He's playing on one tune, but he also conducted symphony orchestra because Bjorn Isolin wrote some uh, uh, orchestral parts, uh, strings on a couple of my tunes. Yeah. And he was conducting them. Oh wow! So uh, and at, at that time, when we when I recorded my album '77, uh, Jeff said uh, to and "Come to. We have a uh, rehearsal studio. Can come and listen to a, a tune we recorded." Okay, and then I, uh, we heard "Hold the Line" without vocals. <laughs> As I said, it was fantastic. Uh, you know, we have we have uh, idols in Europe. You have, I said. You know, which one is that? Which group? Abba. You know, four letters and two are the same. A B B A. Everybody remembers it. That's why we call ourselves Toto. T U T U. Everybody will remember it. <laughs> so that's how it happened. Yeah, and they didn't know that you played on Abba's records. Not at that time. I told him I play. I'm playing guitar on. So. Uh, oh, oh wow! Wow! All right. <laughs> And you had a famous producer, Bruce Botnick, who yeah, did, yeah, he recorded the Doors. Yeah, he did. And, And how uh, how was that working with him? 
He was fantastic. He was yeah. an engineer. He was an engineer actually. Yeah. So and that's uh, he didn't produce very much because I, I when I record I, so to speak, uh, produce my my own music. Oh. Okay. I I know exactly what I want and how it should sound like. But he, he has the technical knowledge. So so it was fantastic to to work with him. Cool. And uh, so, but he recorded. Logan Semesina as well, and, and a couple of others. But he was fantastic. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. And uh, the engineer was Rick Pekkonen. And that was, we, we played in, um, in Larrabee's studio, oh. where Earth, Earth, Wind, and Fire were recording at yeah. the same studio. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. So that was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> so was uh, recording in America really different than recording in Sweden? Not really. When I went there, I had all my music written down. I had arranged all my songs. So I put uh, the score in front of Jeff Parker, Mike and, and uh, Steve. And so everything, everything was written out. Okay. But when, uh, so it was no long ses- sessions, but, but uh, when I recorded with ABBA, there were was no scores. So, so we had to, to improvise it. And right. Teddy Addison was the same thing. So we had no, we didn't. But that is, you, you can't say it all the tunes. I played, uh, I did some overdubs on ABBA. Till, for example, Mamma Mia. Yeah. I wasn't playing, I wasn't playing in the, I put my guitars uh, when they had made the, the, the background. And that was arranged. And I play on I Have a Dream. That was, Benny has played played it on, on his uh Synthesizer and I just follow that and Wooly Woo as well. It was also recorded in 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 actually in Florida. They had a couple of tunes recorded in 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 the states, but they wanted to have the same sound. So 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 it is. Sometimes it was, but it it was never written out. If if it was something that was arranged, you had to Benny played it on the keyboard and and I follow it and try to play it as he wanted it. Actually, right. okay. Mm. So so of all the albums that that you have done with all the artists, what what's what are your top three albums that you're most proud of that you've been a, a part of recording? Oh, <laughs> it's a hard one. <laughs> it is, yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, you can I can name a couple of songs. Yeah, it's not a, an album is very hard because there's so many songs. But uh, I'm very proud of of uh, playing the guitar on Mamma Mia, of course. Yeah, uh, and. Um, but Bjorn Isolind recorded the song 1980 and uh, he gave me uh, the notes and I was sitting down and, and thought, what in the hell does he know? So I called him up, how, how do you want to play? Want me to play on this tune? Ah, oh, you can figure it out yourself, I thought, okay. <laughs> now, should I play the melody? Yes, you should play the melody. And I figured that out and uh, and when we came to the studio, it was two two takes. Well, take one and take the real take was number two, yeah. and that was uh, "Sing Louder, Little River." Bruce Ergelilao. Yeah, that one became very 
huge hit in Sweden next yeah. year. Yeah. And uh, then uh, I'm very proud that I played on uh, uh, Teddy Edestad yeah. Satellites 1979. I helped him arrange that song, and uh, I'm very. I have formed a group 1980 with a, one of Sweden's most famous artists, Lasse Åberg. Yeah. He is a he is a, uh, he make movies and he's an art he makes art and he has an art museum on his own and we have formed a band called the Electric Banana Band it was from the beginning it was for children but today it's for the whole family and we have written a couple of songs and we made actually made a musical from that music in 19, 2006 in Malmö. Opera, and uh, we hopefully it's coming around in Sweden this autumn. We hope so. Yeah, and um, uh, that's fantastic to and he fantastic. His lyrics are so good, and we yeah. still work very much together. And uh, yeah. uh, I have a couple of tunes: the Banan Contact and uh, uh, Tool Tropical Fruit is is one of my favorite. That yeah. and nineteen. 1995, I recorded an album uh, by Pure Lust of Ren Lust, and uh, I wrote the song called Norland, and that song became very popular. It's, it's yeah. still is when I look at uh, Spotify, I see that uh, top my when people uh, low down my music is number one. Yes, yeah. Norland, yeah. But in, in 1985, you started to uh, uh, form your own record company, Airmill Productions. Yes, right? yes, right. I did. How, yeah, I how did. did you decide to uh, come about and do that? Why did oh, you? Uh, I can, uh, you know, I had the, my first two albums was recorded in, in for one record company, and then I moved over to CBS, three albums, and then I did uh, one album with the um, Ameri small American company called SWS and then I should go on uh, recording for SWS and uh, the guy said how, how uh, then I recorded li a little in in, um, in New York actually but then I want to record in, in Stockholm uh, and uh, uh, he gave me a lot of um, checks I say you can write Pay the pay the studio, pay the musicians. You can but just write the the sum of money they want, and and you they can they they can get the money in the bank. But that was impossible. And I called him and said, "Well, you should pay the the studio." Oh, I send you money, Anna. And I asked him over and over again. And uh, the last time he told me, "Oh, has it have haven't you got the money yet?" No. Oh. Oh, then they had they, they must have sent it by boat. <laughs> <laughs> he was living in New York, and uh, yeah. then I understood this is imp he will not pay us. No. So okay. then I, I started my own uh, company actually. So I said I pay myself yeah. from my own pocket. And um, since then, I, I run my own uh, record company actually. Yeah. yeah. Are you? really hands-on with the whole process with printing the album and the sleeves and cover designs yeah. and the whole nine yards. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Everything is, is also freedom to artistic freedom. I, I can decide right. 
when and what they're going to record and who we are going to play. And, you know, so it's totally freedom. Yeah. And uh, I haven't recorded so much lately. I recorded, I've written a song together with Lasse Åberg. Uh, which we are in a project we are working on and, and uh, if that we're just waiting for uh, to start it that we should uh, we we actually wrote we written lyrics and, and music but uh, we haven't got the it's very close to that we can say officially that this is going and then there will be a lot of recordings again Mm. Yeah, cool. I'm looking forward to that. Yes. Yeah, of course. Awesome. Do you still mm. listen to vinyl records today? Do you got a big collection? Yeah, yeah I have a, a really big collection. Yeah, yeah, I have. Yes, but I did. I must admit, I don't listen to them because my record player is not in the best shape. Okay. <laughs> Sorry okay. to say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's some of your favorite records? I must say one of the best album I. About is Pet Sounds, Beach Boys, yeah, with Brian Wilson, and uh, also Sgt. Pepper. I I listen very much to fusion mu music, yeah, and I I listen to John McLaughlin, I listen to Pat Metheny, and um, and I also Doobie Brothers, and I I have a lot of uh, things I uh, it's hard for me to say uh, this one is better I, I sometimes it, it depends on the, my feeling for the day yeah. actually yeah, right. cool. yeah interesting so is there a prized album in your collection the the one record that you wouldn't give up for anything yeah actually uh, the one album I'm looking for that I haven't got I play on an album called Ablution. Okay. Uh, and it's a very, it, we recorded that 1973 or 74 or something like that. Uh, the musicians are me, Ola Brunket, Björn Jesson Lind, uh, Peter Robinson, John Gustafsson, Barry de Sousa. And um, there are three English musicians. Peter Robinson and John Gustafsson was in the original uh, Jesus Christ recordings with uh, um, Andrew Lowe Weber. Yeah. And uh, Peter Robinson played with uh, Phil Collins for many years. But uh, there was a Swedish producer called Anders Henkan Henriksson. He told uh, Peter Robinson and Jung Gustafsson, there are two uh, musicians, Swedish musicians, they want to, you on their album. Okay, they said, oh, come to Sweden. Yeah, they came and to Björn Isolin and me, they said, there are two Englishmen, John Gustafs and Peter Romerson. They are, have a lot of tunes and they want you to play on their album. Okay. <laughs> and we met in the studio and no one of us had any tunes. We just oh. stand there looking oh. at each other. Do you have anything? No, I don't have anything. Do you? And then suddenly we realized this is a, Henkan thing. Ah, okay. <laughs> he, he was famous. Henkan did a lot of Magnus Ugla records. Okay. But and he was sitting behind the 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 mixer board and um, then suddenly I think Björn Isolin said, "I have something. I 
I was supposed to have on my first album. I can, we can record that. And, and we figured that out. And after a while, I we got the whole album together. And I, when you, if you listen to that today, it's, you can't imagine. We had nothing when we started and so much music. And yeah. it's almost impossible to understand how in the hell did we manage to, <laughs> to record all this? But we did. So I'm, I'm very proud of that album, but yeah. it's uh, really, uh, it's nothing uh, you, you can uh, hear on the radio. Okay. It's, it's very, very futurity. Uh, uh, it's very fusion. Yeah, okay. Very much fusion. Okay. But, but, but uh, uh, you don't oh. own that record? No, I don't have it. Okay. I'm looking for. I'm looking for it. Oh, I hope okay. to. I can. I can. I can pay a rather lot of money to have. I just okay. want it in my uh. in my collection. <laughs> But there, there, I can I must tell you another story about the recording. Um, Lee Hazelwood came. He he stayed in Stockholm. Yeah. Many times, and he. He had met the girl or something. Uh, I don't know what, but he came and I recorded with him. And uh, he we recorded a song called Indian Summer. And I play a guitar solo on that record. And it's fantastic. And Bjorn Isolin is playing as well. But Lee Hazelwood brought that uh, song over to Hollywood. And then he, he remixed it and put a female vocalist on it. Yeah. And that's Nancy Sinatra. So oh, oh, we are wow. playing with Lee Hazelwood and Nancy Sinatra in the summer. Oh, me, both Bjorn Isolin and me, and, actually. And yourself. Oh, yes. Wow. <laughs> that's cool. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it is. That's awesome. So, so speaking of, of uh, female uh, singers uh, uh, from the younger generation, I and uh, they have noticed your music, and I'm, I'm talking about the American artist Christina Aguilera. Who was yeah, sampling one of your songs, no registration, from your yeah. debut album. How, how did she come about that, and how did that happen? Yeah, it's a very good question because I don't know, but I I can't figure it out because I yeah. I've heard her. Uh, she told the story uh, somewhere, and the producer of that uh, tune is Anderson Park. Okay. And you know Anderson Park? Uh, no, he's, not really. Uh, he is fantastic. Uh, you should listen to Anderson Park. He is one of the hottest uh, new artists. Uh, okay. uh, he did a recording very recently with Bruno Marsh okay. and Anderson Park. And they're playing live. Yeah. He's a drummer and vocalist. He, he sings a little bit like Curtis Mayfield. Oh, oh wow. That's great. And he's fantastic. So he produced that song, uh, Sick of Sitting. Sick and of uh, yeah. yeah, and uh, they took a piece of my and, and made a loop of it. So she's, it goes around all her <laughs> yeah. in her song. Yeah, I'm very proud of that because yeah. it was fantastic. I hope they can do it one more time, really. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> that ended up on the on the American Billboard list. Yeah, That's I think it. so. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. That was made uh, two two years ago, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, um, are we, are we, 
are there any musical plans for you in the future? I mean, we're in the situation that we are, but do you have stuff planned for like next year, perhaps? Yeah, we ho- I hope, hopefully this year, because oh. we hope it will open up a little bit because we had, a, I have a concert with the symphony orchestra on the 13th of June. In Sandviken, and uh, if we just can have 50 people, it's a big hall. Yeah, and you can. It's the hall takes 500 people. So if you can just have 50 people or 100 people spread out, so th- nobody gets sick, <laughs> then yeah, yeah. we're going to do that concert. And I have some small concerts. And last year I had this 50 year celebration in my uh, for my own career. Yeah, and uh, in October. We hired Södra Teatern in Stockholm for three days. And we had, that one is the third or fourth time we moved it in front of us. Yeah. And um, so and next year also, I mean, in February and March, I, we have, I have something in, in the Swiss Barrel Holland with this, also with the symphony orchestra. Yeah. And uh, I have, you have to watch, out, watch my home site. homepage yeah. and because uh, the, the I'll put all the courses that are having not for this very moment the first thing we have is a club gig in the 7th and 8th of May when we if they open it up for 50 people we, I can do this concert yeah. but otherwise we have to wait but I'm going to do two streaming concerts uh, one on the 7th of April yeah. which is the day of the terror accident in not dropping out on and yeah, uh, it's yeah, a benefit yeah. concert for uh, Ebba Sengler yeah. with a couple of artists and then I'm going to do a streaming concert on the 18th of April from Vaxholm me and a piano player and a trombone player so but that's a more uh, it's an instrumental concert all right well there you go Thank well, thank you so much, Jennifer, yes, for taking thank you. the time to talk to us. We are honored to have you on our show. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. It, it has been an honor to be on your show, actually. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And uh, Phil, until next time, yes. we uh, want you to hit, up, uh, hit you up on, on Instagram and go to Sons and Vinyl over there. Hit us up on, on Twitter. Uh, we're also on Facebook. And we'll be back soon. Until yeah. then, later. Later. If your ears aren't bleeding by now, you didn't listen to Sounds on Vinyl the right way. So go back and listen again. Sounds on Vinyl is hosted by Mike Svensson and Phil Boyer and produced by Booze Hound Entertainment. Go to soundsonvinyl.com to support the show, to dive deeper into listening and collecting vinyl. Don't forget to subscribe where you listen so you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening and for all your motherfucking support.